I know when it's too hot for me and I need to step back out. want you to, um, to be in prayer. Young lady that I was praying with, uh, her son was Cameron Starr, one of the young men that was killed this weekend. But she is here. Give God some praise that she is here. Giving God the prayer. I want all the mothers in the house, please stand up. All the women in the house. And let her know that you are standing with her. Let her know you love her. Let her know you feel her pain. Let her know you would be praying for her. Amen, amen, amen. Even now, Lord, touch. Lord, even now, touch. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. You know what the amazing thing is? She's saying that in the midst of her pain. What's stopping us from saying that? Who's not going through what she's going through? He is so worthy. Parker's here, and others that have been sick. If you have your Bibles with you, we are going into Acts, book of Acts, chapter 1. We'll be reading verses 1 through 11 out of the No American Standard. This is the fifth sermon of this series. Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. Reading out of the New American Standard Bible, it will be on the verses before you. And it reads as such in our hearing. The first account I composed, Theopolis, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostle whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, 
but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you heard from me for John the baptized, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or epochs, which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he has said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight and as they were glazing gazing intensely into the sky while he was gone behold two men in white clothing stood beside them and they also said men of Galilee why do you stand looking into the sky this Jesus whom you have been taken up from you into heaven will come in just matter the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Amen. Amen. This is our story. The church. Father, even now in the mighty name of Jesus, give preaching power. Bring back to my remembrance everything that you want me to say. Lord, power. Lord, more power. Lord, more power. Saturate this place that we may hear what the Spirit is saying. Even now, Lord. Even now, Lord. Even now. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. For those who may not know what's happening in this text, what is happening is that this is the last appearance of Jesus to his apostles. It has been 40 days since his resurrection, and he's just been showing up in their midst. You know, he will do that. <laughs> He'll show up right when you need him. He, he, he was having visitations in his resurrected body. And, and at this time, his, his time of his departure was at hand. And, and, and he is transitioning them. He is transitioning them from them getting used to being used to him, being present with them in a physical way for him to be present with them in a spiritual way. They are still leaning on what they know. And now he has to teach them what they haven't experienced as yet. 
He, he shows them uh, that, 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 that power has to come. And, and they still are confused because they're thinking of a physical kingdom. And he says, wait a minute, the, the kingdom of God is already here. It has already started. We, church, is a kingdom inside of a kingdom. Yes, the world has its own kingdom. Satan has set up his kingdom in this world. Then there are governments and, and all that physically in this kingdom. But in the spiritual sense, God has set up his kingdom right at the gate of Satan's authority and said, I dare you. <laughs> we, the church, we are subjects of his kingdom. And though, and, and though we are living with the world and the things of the world, our power source, our peace, our strength is derived from God. I don't know about you. Probably would have lost my mind a long time ago if God wasn't keeping me. Would have gave up a long time ago. But the power of God has given us an invisible ability to go through when nobody else can keep you. Jesus will keep you. We are, we are, we are the church. He, here he is, here he is telling them, wait a minute, the time of, of, of the earthly kingdom is not for you to know. The dispensation, the time when it's time is not for you to know. But this is what you need to know is that the kingdom of God, the power of God is coming upon you. You've been baptized physically under the, the edicts of John, but now the Holy Ghost. Let me get rid of some theories we got. Some of us think that when we get to heaven, we're going to have wings. <laughs> Did you notice that, that, that here Jesus, he, he just floats up. You notice that he don't have no wings, but, but he just against gravity, against the weight holding him down, he is able to transport himself wherever he wants to be. Have you noticed that when you read, that when you read him after his resurrection, he would just show up? That the door be closed and, and everything. And Jesus would just show up in the midst of. Did, did, did you know that we're going to be like Jesus? That when we get our resurrected body, we just be able to show up? I don't know about you. Some, sometimes I'd be so tired and I'd be, I have to drive home. I'd I just be thinking to myself. Sometimes I'd be falling asleep while driving and I'd be thinking to myself, if I could just stay home and be there. Well, guess what? One of these days, it won't be a wish. It would be a reality that wherever you say be, you would just instantly be there. Jesus is showing us what we are going to be like in our resurrected body. Because as he is, we will be. Hallelujah. They are 
transitioning. They're having a difficult time thinking, remembering, and relating to what the Lord been telling them. I think one of the problems with the church not having, not walking in the power and the authority and the overcoming aspect of our lives is this. We still think like chickens. Don't worry, I like chicken. I like it grilled. I like it fried. I like it baked. I like it sauteed. I like chickens. But I don't want to be a chicken. A matter of fact, in, in, in the preachers, uh, uh, it used to be that if you didn't like chicken, they would doubt your calling. Preachers call chicken the gospel bird. First thing they asked me when I got called, you like chicken? So what do chicken got to do with but, but But what I'm saying is this. We've been called to be eagles, but we grew up in the chicken coop. One of the hardest things to do is transition from our old way of thinking to our new way of thinking because we can't walk in what we don't believe we have. You can have the power available, but if you don't, you, you can live with a picture or an item that's worth a million dollars, but if you don't know that it is worth money, you can't turn it in to get it. It's sitting there, the value of it, the significance of it is still there, but it's doing you no good because you can't see that it's worth something. And I hate to say it, that the church is powerful. The church is meant to be victorious. We can make a difference, but we just don't. I'm not saying that we won't go through. I mean, one of the greatest testimonies, one of, one of the greatest witnesses is, is not just Jesus opening up blinded eyes. Thank God he broke, opened up blind eyes. It's not just that he made the lame walk. It's not just he just raised the dead from, from, from the grave. One of the greatest miracles that God took somebody like you and I and changed us. Oh, y'all don't hear me. See, 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 see. God, I don't know about you. I was something else. And God took me and changed me, that is a bigger miracle than God opening up the eyes of somebody that's blind. That's a bigger miracle than God taking somebody lame and making a, that is a bigger miracle than God raising Lazarus from the dead because Lazarus died again. But the change in the church, turn to the person next to you and say, I'm a miracle. I, I'm a miracle, I'm a real life miracle. When God changed my heart, when God changed me, I'm a miracle sitting here right in front of you. I'm... What a witness we are. What a testimony we are. That the world cannot define the change that have come upon us. 
I got a question. My question is, is that a poll came out. They, they took some statistics where, where they poll America and, and they do this poll like every 12 years and they just recently did it. And let me, let me share with you. There have never been so many atheists in the history of America. There have never been so many neostics who say that they don't know if there's a God or not. We are at an all-time low in America. Matter of fact, we, we, we are at such a low that perhaps other countries need to send evangelists and, and missionaries over here. My, my, my question is, if, how is it that we can have a church on every corner? Sometimes we got churches right next. What has happened to the power that we are supposed to have an impact on society? How, how is it that, 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 that the statistics say that we have less Christians than ever when we compare to the number of people. I mean, I mean, I mean, churches are being built every week, but they're closing every week. What is, what is, what has happened? What, 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 what's going on? What happened to Jesus saying that, that we are the church and upon this rock that the gates of hell shall not prevail. What is the missing element that God could take 12 then 120 disciples and turn the, the, the known world upside down inside out? What is it that they had that we don't Listen, 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 listen. They had to go through their transition period also. They had to move from the old ways of thinking into the new way of thinking. And just like they had to transition, we have to transition. Some of us right now is going through a metamorphosis and it don't feel good. God is moving us from one level of glory to the next level of glory. And let me just be honest with you. Sometimes the only way that God can get us there is to let us go through some pain. Because I don't know, there's something about pain that make you pray more. That there's something about pain that make you call on him. God sometimes got to move everybody out of your facility because even the folks that, that, that should be there, not there. Sometimes God got to get you all by yourself in order to do what he needs to do to get you to where he wants you to be. Am I talking to anybody? 
does anybody feel isolated in the house? Just maybe your isolation isn't the devil doing it. Maybe it's God doing it because he's up to something. Watch, watch, watch. Listen. Listen to what I'm saying. Notice that while they are waiting on their power to come in Acts chapter 1, verse 20, 15, and 26, they do something. Jesus have ascended. They are waiting. The day of Pentecost haven't came yet. And, and Peter stands up and he says, we need to do something because there's what's, there's what's 12 of us. But, but Judas, the son of prediction, has killed himself, and, and we need to get a, a 12th person. This person that we need to get needs to be a person that has been with us. They have been with us from, from the beginning of Jesus' ministry to the death of his ministry so that they, they are an eyewitness. We don't need to get somebody who just come lately. But we need to get somebody who perhaps was not picked out originally by Jesus, but they've been with us since the beginning with Jesus so that they can testify not about what they heard, but about what they know. Y'all get where I'm coming from. He goes on in verse 26. He said, he said as, as they're doing this, they came up with two and from the two, they need to make a decision of the other. And they do something that is in the Old Testament that you would never see in the New Testament. They cast lots. How, how can I say this? You are not supposed to cast lots in the New Testament because in the New Testament they expected the Holy Spirit to guide the process. In the New Testament, you ought to hear from the Holy Spirit. Oh, y'all, 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 y'all need to walk with me. See, they had the Holy Spirit with them on the outside. We have the Holy Spirit deep down on the inside where they had to depend on him orchestrating the things on the outside. We got, we got the word and we got the Holy Spirit. So he give us guidance on the inside. So they are still dealing with Old Testament systems. Listen, this is the last time you ever see them casting lots. What's casting lots? Well, they would get sticks between the two, a short one or a long one, and they say, you pick and you pick. And the one who gets the shortest stick is the one. And they expected the Holy Spirit to guide them in that process. And he did. You see that in the Old Testament. You see that process. My brothers and sisters, there's some processes we need to put away. There's some stuff that we used to depend on. We need to put it away. It doesn't work no more. When I was a child, I did childish things. I act like a child. I thought like a child. I walk like a child. I play like a child. But when I became a man, oh, y'all don't hear me. When, when, when we grow up in the Holy Spirit, there's some things you don't go back to. 
part of the church problem is we, 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 we should be grown and we still playing with child's things. Listen, listen, listen. I don't put them away to become grown, but when I become a man, there's some things that I realize I don't need no more. My understanding is deeper. My, my walk with him is deeper. I trust him deeper. I don't need the crutches anymore. My leg is healed. I don't need to depend on a wheelchair. Why? Because now I can walk in the spirit. See, when you're a child, you don't have much power. When you're a child, you don't have much understanding. When you're a child, you need somebody to babysit you. But there come a time when you don't need a babysitter anymore. Matter of fact, there, there come a time you can be a babysitter. Let me, let me, let me, let me work my way through this. John 15, John 14, 15 and 21. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Listen to Jesus. John 14, beginning at verse 15. If you really love me, you will keep my commandment. Even the way we understand this is backwards a lot of times. Do you know what he's talking about? He's talking about relationship. He's not talking about whether you get into heaven or not. What he's saying is, have you grown up enough to reciprocate to the love I have already given you? He said, how do I say that? He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, just you verbally telling me that you love me don't have no power. Show me that you love me. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Listen, listen, this is relationship. He said, he said, if you love me and because I loved you and you are my child, then, then I expect you to act in a way that shows me that you love me. Because if you say you love me and you act the other way, I know that your heart really don't. How can I say this? Huh? Let me break it down. In every re relationship, there has to be a reciprocation. There has to be that you respond, you reciprocate. There was a, 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 a relationship would die if the husband or the wife don't reciprocate to the love that is being done. You just can't say you love and don't show no action. Don't do If that's true in a relationship, between a man and a woman, or a child and parents, don't you think that's true with our relationship with Christ? That's what he's saying. That's what he's saying. He said, respond. He said, I died for you. I chose you. I picked you. I elected you. I went and got you. I washed you in my blood. I pulled you out. I set your feet on a solid ground. I did it for you. I gave you my spirit. Yeah, you haven't done nothing for me lately. I think he went some Janet Jackson on us. Next verse, next verse, next verse, next verse, next verse. Next verse. 
And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, and assessor, advocate, strengthener, stand by, that he may remain with you forever. Listen to me, see Once you got my spirit, it don't go and leave. He said, it will abide with you forever. Now, this blew me away. I said, well, it will abide with us as long as we're down here. No, forever. He said, even when you get to heaven, I'm still going to be in you. Because the only way you can be a part of me is that you're going to be more of me, which means I'm not only around you, I'm in you. Old Testament, he was around them. Now we got him in us, and he will be whatever you need him to be. I don't know how he does it. I just know that he does it. I just know that when you don't think you can go on anymore, he'll show up. I, I just know that when you feel like going in the town, he'll pick you up. I just know his joy, his peace, his presence, his strength, his help will be right there. I don't know about you, I feel something bubbling up right now. I feel something on the inside saying, I am that I am. I feel something on the inside saying, I will be everything you need me to be. I will hold you when you can't hold yourself. I feel, I feel, I feel. Fifty, fifty days. Pentecost come. They, they, they are a symbol. They are a symbol. They are a symbol in one place. And, and God's timing is superb. He don't allow this event to take place when few people are in Jerusalem. He does it when all the Jews and came back home. It's a feast, Jews from all over the place. It's, it's like being in, in L.A. traffic. It's like being at and, and, and getting off work time in New York. It's people all over the place. They're from everywhere because, because he wants this experience that's going to happen to be so, 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 so mind-blowing that everybody leaves talking about it. Did you know that God likes showing out sometimes? God, 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 God likes to say, you thought I was bad. Let me show you I'm bad. You thought I was awesome. Let me show you I'm more awesome than that. You thought you knew me, but let me show you. You haven't seen nothing yet. Don't, don't you remember him in, in, in the book of Exodus that, that when Pharaoh wouldn't let his people go? Now, Pharaoh could have changed his heart the first five times, but, but, but because he, if he wanted these, how can I say this? It's dangerous to say no to God too many times. If you say no too many times, God will help you say no after a while. <laughs> he will say, if that's the direction you determine to go in, let me help you go in that direction. The first five times it said Pharaoh hardened his own heart. The last five times it said God hardened his heart. Well, 
Pharaoh had five times to change his heart. But since he insisted on being hard-headed, God helped him be hard-headed. And in the process of helping Pharaoh be hard-headed, God glorified himself. What you mean? Well, remember the Red Sea and they walked through and on, on dry ground. You know, it's awesome that he made the sea stand up. I think it's even more awesome that he made the ground dry when they walked through. Wait a minute. It was just wet. It'd been up under the sea for a long time. And now you're not only going to part the sea, you're going to pave the ground. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. God knew that, that our trucks and our goat and sheep would get stuck in the mud. He knew it'd be hard for us to travel on that wet ground. So he didn't just part the way. He paved and dried the ground so we could run ourselves across the ground. Don't tell me my God isn't bad. Don't tell me my God is not awesome. I know my God is awesome. So, so as they danced their way across, when, when the Egyptians said, if they can do it, don't ever think you can use somebody else's grace to get over. You got to get your own grace. You can't borrow my favor. You can't borrow my grace. I just got enough grace and favor for me. You better go get your own. <laughs> you better, folks, folks, folks try, to, try, to, try to hang on you to get your favor. No, 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 no. It's my favor. It's, it's my grace. You best go know Jesus for yourself. And when they got across, the grace and favor ran out, and the sea came. What's this? What's this? What's this? And when they got to the promised land, all of them had heard about what the Israelites' God had done. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. They said, their God is God. Their God is a bad God. If he did that to them, what is he going to do to us? Notice they didn't say the Israelites was bad. They said their God is bad. To the place that Rahab, the only smart one at Jericho, said, we heard, and I'm scared. All of us scared. But I'm gonna change side and I'm coming over to the winning side. And let me just speak to somebody. If you don't know my guy, you better come on over to the winning side. His name is Jesus. Let me stop right here. Jesus is the winning side. Don't wait now. Come on. There's room for you. Come on. Listen, listen, listen. Pentecost is the same thing. 
all these people from all over the world, and they hear this big sound like wind, and they run into this room, and all of the 120 is talking in their language that they know that they don't know, but they hear them praising God in their own language, and, and they can't explain it. I'm so glad that God does things I can't explain. I'm so glad that, that I can't wrap my mind around it. But let me tell you, when, when God does something that I can't explain, I quit trying to explain it and go to praising him. Don't, don't, don't try to figure it out. Just thank you. Hallelujah. I don't know how that bill got paid. I know I didn't pay it. Thank you. Hallelujah. Don't know how I made it through that season, but I'm here. Thank you. Hallelujah. Is anybody got something to praise God for? Because you can't explain how he did it. You just know he did it. Hallelujah. 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 Acts chapter 2, verse 36 and 41. After the Holy Spirit has come upon them, people are gathered, and the Bible says that, I don't know how, if they fell down to the street where all these people are at, but Peter stands up now under the power of the Holy Spirit, and he preached the first sermon empowered by the power to come. Boldness. In A.D., when, when they showed up moving of the Holy Spirit, they see a wind. And you see them? What they're trying to demonstrate is the Holy Spirit on the inside flowing up on the inside to give you dunamis or dynamite power. The Greek word is dunamis. It, it is translated dynamite. It's, it's power. That all of a sudden you're no longer operating in your own strength, but you are operating in a strength that is beyond you because God's presence down on the inside now bubbles up, and he's not only, only on the inside. He's overflowing your cup, and he's on the inside overflowing on the outside and there's no other way to describe what you are walking in except from it's the power of the Holy Ghost. In the Gospel of John chapter 14, you can go read it yourself, but, but he begins to say this. He said, he said, he said, he said, he said, I will come make my bow in you. We will come make our bow in you. God, the Father and I will make our bow in you. And what he's saying is, is that the Godhead through the Holy Spirit is in us. So when we go through or are told to do something or when things get hard, we no longer rely on our own strength, but we got a strength on the inside that is able to keep you, that we're able to help you go through. When you don't think you can make it, call on him. When, when you're going through some stuff that you're about ready to lose your mind, call on him. If you just spend some time with Jesus, 
there will become a dunamis power that will well up on the inside. For us, the church, we're plugged in. The problem is, do we know we plugged in? See, our thinking got to transition that, that, that we know we got someone to call on. That we know when things get rough, we go down on our knees. That we know that, that there is a power that is beyond our strength. There's something about Jesus that makes everything okay. Let me, let me see if I can end this. Finish this. 3,000 souls are saved that day. They came, they were so convicted, they were so under conviction because the Holy Spirit has now infiltrated the church. They are now under kingdom of God authority. And God is in us. He's with us. He overflows through us. He's, he, he's our everything. You know, I'm from the age of Kool-Aid. Anybody remember Kool-Aid? See, our kids nowadays don't know Kool-Aid. They know soda pop or pop. They don't even know what soda pop is, pop. But I'm from the age when you couldn't get no pop. But mama would, would buy some Kool-Aid. I don't know about you, I was a mean Kool-Aid making. I would take some grape and some strawberry and some lemonade and I would mix it all together. I had a concoction. It didn't, maybe it didn't look good, but it sure tastes good. Somebody would say, Tracy, make some Kool-Aid, and I'll get in there like a wild scientist. I don't know what I called it. It was, it was good, though. Y'all laughing at me. I'm telling y'all the truth. Matter of fact, if I find a lemon, I squeeze some lemon in there. Like, But well, let me warn you, don't drink Kool-Aid unless you got any sugar. It looks good, all that, but, but if you forget that sugar, that stuff is size nasty. With a capital nasty. You know, you know, the funny thing was, I would make the Kool-Aid have enough for, for the next, have it in the pitcher, and, and I would go back the next day and pour it, and something yep. happened to my Kool-Aid. It's like, hey, it's more nasty than good. And you know, and, and for, I didn't understand until, until with the picture that I could see all these crystals down at the bottom. And I realized that my sugar 
Like the sweet stuff, the good stuff have settled. Oh, y'all know what I'm talking about. Have settled to the bottom. So I, I, so I learned that I had to take a long handle spoon. Had to take that spoon and knock the ice out the way, the ice cubes out the way. Because I needed to get down at the bottom. And I would. You know what's wrong with the church? It's not that we don't have the Holy Spirit, but we have allowed the Holy Spirit to settle down at the bottom. We've been stagnant too long. And the good stuff is down at the bottom. And what we need is for somebody to take a long-handled spoon and a star Up. I don't know about you, but sometimes I need God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost to stir me up. See, it's not that I don't have him. It's not that you don't have him, but, but you haven't activated the power Yeah. 
equal level in itself. But you got 